You, you wouldn't believe this about Janelle, no, who's you in didn't. your program. <laughs> She's in your program. Maybe there's a good reason. Yeah, Starts right. off the show this morning, and Ron's my, my witness. She's like, wow, you know, <laughs> I've struggled with other sins, but I don't know if that really... And anger is really much of a thing. I mean, I'm not perfect, but anger. I know. <laughs> and then just a few minutes ago, tell her what you did. Yeah, I was like, actually, my kids pulled that out of me. Like, I get angry with my kids. And then I told the story of, like, a month ago, Nancy. I got so angry with my teenager. I said something, and then I had to call back. And I was just like, I am so sorry. And I went on and on. And then he kept saying, no, you're good. No, I'm not good. There's, like, no excuse. He is going to take this with him. Like, he's going to remember. So Janelle has an anger problem. (laughs) The world around us is full of false choices. That temptation to be us versus them, for or against, in or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life, the gray issues of faith, to truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel? Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. Hey there, Brian and Janelle podcast listeners. Brian here with a quick item for you before we get to the main content in today's episode. I'm super excited to tell you about a brand new podcast series I created in partnership with Moody Radio that's available starting right now. It's called The Grandfather Effect. And here's the quick backstory. I only have really one strong memory of my paternal grandfather, Tom. And it was when my dad and I were standing shoulder to shoulder in a crowded room right in front of his open casket. And I remember standing there a bit mystified because you see, Grandpa Tom had lived only about 15 miles away from my house growing up, and yet I never saw him. He never talked to me, called me, never came to birthday parties. He was no part of our life. He had disowned my family when I was about three years old and my family was left with lots of questions. Because from our perspective, the reason he disowned us didn't seem to make much sense. The circumstances were so seemingly trivial, it just didn't add up. So what happened? Well, about five years ago, I decided to try to find out. And that journey became much more complicated than I could have possibly imagined. And I chronicled the entire thing with a recorder in my hand and take you along in the journey. The podcast series is called The Grandfather Effect. Would you consider giving it a listen? I'd be super grateful for your support. And if you like what you hear, maybe you'd be willing to leave a a nice review or even tell a friend about it. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Thanks a lot. Janelle's smiling big at me because she knows what's coming. (laughs) Nancy Kane joining us now. She's program director of the Caritas Center for Christian Formation. She's been going through the virtues and vices with us in a series. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Nice to be with you this morning. So you're you're kind of like the teacher of the Caritas Center, right? Is that kind of a fair way to put it? Well, I think both Ray and I are teachers, so but I do most of the lectures and he does a little bit of teaching, but more of the surgery in the small groups. Okay, so then I'm going to tell the teacher. Ooh. That's what people do when someone's naughty in class. 
Okay. I, you, you wouldn't believe this about Janelle, no, who's you in didn't. your program. <laughs> She's in your program. Maybe there's a good reason. Yeah, Starts right. off the show this morning, and Ron's my, my witness. She's like, wow, you know, <laughs> I've struggled with other sins, but I don't know that really... And anger is really much of a thing. I mean, I'm not perfect, but anger. I know. <laughs> and then just a few minutes ago, tell her what you did. Yeah, I was like, actually, I do get, my kids pull that out of me. Like, I get angry with my kids. And then I told the story of like a month ago, Nancy. I got so angry with my teenager. I said something and then I had to call back. And I was just like, I am so sorry. And I went on and on. And then he kept saying, no, you're good. No, I'm not good. There's like no excuse. He's going to take this with him. Like he's going to remember. So Janelle has an anger problem. <laughs> I do. Any parent that has adolescents who doesn't have some kind of anger problem has got to wonder. It's just kind of wonder. Right? No, honestly, we were just talking about this kind of thing where it's like, if you don't think you struggle with anger, just hang out with some teenagers oh, for a while that belong to you. What do you make of a family where somebody would go, oh, no, I, my teenagers, uh, they don't argue with me. Is that healthy? Adolescents are cycling the first five years of their life, the first five developmental cycles. So, you know, at any point, they're a two-year-old or they're a three-year-old, but they're the two-year-old with a brain. <laughs> Wait, so, hold on. Can you explain that? Like, I've never heard that before. They're recycling the first five years of their life. Yes. So at any given moment, or is it chronologically throughout their teenage years? Can you explain that? I want to say it's chronological, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. But age 14 and 15, generally they're recycling more of the zero to six, which is eighth graders, they don't speak much. They want to lay around. They want to withdraw. They, um, you know, they're by themselves. 14 and 15, it's more of the two-year-old stage, which is uh, you say yes, they say no. Uh, you say stay home. They say leave me alone. I want to do whatever I want to do. And then they set up a power play so that there's sense where they find out where the boundaries are. Yeah. Generally, the rule of thumb is that whatever wasn't finished up in those first zero to five years old gets recycled again in adolescence. So no wonder it's so challenging to not get angry when you have teenagers. Is that fair? Right, because with a two-year-old, you you can pick them up and put them, um, you know, in their timeout space, and, you know, you you physically can control them. You can't control them like that in adolescence. The rule of thumb with adolescence is you have to start bowing on the relationship because they'll end up doing whatever they want to do because they can. But if you built a strong relationship along the way, then when you get into adolescence, you borrow on respect mm-hmm. and getting to know them and coming alongside them versus the where a lot of parents end up defaulting is, I said that, you know, do what I say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a 16-year-old's going to go, yeah, that's great. Well, fine. And might give you a head fake and then go do what they're going to do. Yeah. But if you have a relationship of respect, you can talk about it problem solve together and do productive resolution with them. Well, you know, and as we dig into anger a little bit more, because I think perhaps parenting teens is one of the places you feel that the most, uh, it's, as I consider the the issue, I, I could hear somebody saying to you, well, Nancy, when I get angry with my teenager for disobedience, that's righteous anger. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's also denial. <laughs> <laughs> is there such a thing as righteous anger? Well, I think righteous anger goes to think of issues in our world. Take abortion. I can find myself bubbling up and getting really angry about people that think that that is right. That's a righteous anger. 
I think we often think, because I'm right, that's righteous anger. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. And it's more, think of what Jesus got angry about. He got angry about the things that matter much to God. Hmm. So it wasn't, you didn't do what I did, you didn't do what I said, you lied. Yes, that's all wrong, but think about the things that Jesus really got worked up about. Where did he go into rage, really, in the, the temple? Because they were dishonoring God's face, God's home. That's righteous anger. And you know, I guess anger seems like a one that's easy to point to. Like, I think pride could be hidden from others, but maybe I'm just misreading it. But isn't anger just an obvious one of the vices that we can all go, look at that person, he's angry. It can be, but also I found when I've taught on this over the years is that a lot of times Christians will default to, I will not get angry, but they'll, they'll become passive aggressive or yeah. they'll suppress or, or depress, you know, push down, repress their anger. And so... Some would say, well, I don't get angry, but they get passive aggressive. I don't get angry, but I get even. So I'm angry at my spouse. He says, I should take out the garbage. I don't want to take out the garbage. I forget. And then he gets angry and I say, oh, why are you getting so worked up? I just forgot. When in fact it was a, you know, they were angry and then they played it out in a way that was passive aggressive. And see, I, I know I spent a lot of time in my life, and it's going to sound weird, but angry on the inside, but compliant on the outside. Yeah. Is that a thing? Right. Yeah. You probably were playing out in a way that other people around you would feel it, but you would, you'd be saying, well, I don't have a problem with anger, mm -hmm. but it was coming out. Whatever our pain is, if we don't transform it, we always transmit it in some way. And it comes out, or it can, physiologically, like in health, and it's destructive to your body. Uh, research indicates that there's 92 illnesses that are related to the suppression and repression of anger. Wow. So it's a very significant issue. We must look at it and be able to face it straight on because if we don't, it could kill us. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think I've talked with you before too about the idea that anger isn't, it, it might be how people are manifesting emotion, but it might not be the actual emotion they're feeling. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Right. Because fear often is, it fuels anger. So you might have the presenting emotion of anger, but underneath it is really fear. Huh. Fear of, Rejection, fear of failure, fear of abandonment. There's a lot of different fears, but more often than not, fear is the baseline emotion that's really going on. Hmm. And as we work with couples, uh, when we can help them identify what the fears are, when the anger is going on, you're getting closer to home in terms of where the problem is and, and how to problem solve it. I remember that from the marriage intensive. That was that, that's it's no, it's a very profound thing. Mm -hmm. It's like if you start to analyze arguments, you can really trace an argument where someone's angry in, in a marriage relationship to a fear, can't you? Oh, wow, yes, and that but it has to be key that the person's willing to admit it. Some people are um, reticent to say, I'm afraid, they're more apt to say, I'm angry. But if you say, You're afraid, I'm like, no, 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 I'm just really angry. <laughs> when in fact, there may be an intensity coming from, I'm really afraid that my needs might not get met that this person's going to leave, that I'm going to be embarrassed because they won't, you know, something will happen that will make me look like a fool. Um, more often than not, it's fear. Well, anger feels and looks powerful. <laughs> so I could see yeah. why a lot of men would go, especially men, I know women do this, but people, it, it's safer to look angry. It feels weak to say, I'm afraid. Right, and, and also then with that, most women, I'm tired to make generalizations, but mm -hmm. women will have a tendency to go to sadness when they really feel angry. Really? So it'll be, yeah, so it'll be, I, I'm just really kind of weeping, I'm sad, I'm, I'm just, I'm hurt. 
when in fact that hurt is anger and, and fear coming up at the same time. Hey, welcome. It's the middle of this podcast episode. You know, the spot in most podcasts where you hear an ad of some sort, maybe a thank you to a sponsor. Well, we're going to do something a little different. Here's what I mean. Did you know the most powerful type of marketing is word of mouth? You know, when a friend tells you, hey, have you heard this podcast? It's so good. You've got to listen. And that's what I'm just going to ask for today. We're not going to ask you to buy a product or do anything in particular other than, would you share this podcast with a friend? Maybe it's this episode or your favorite or whatever it is. Pick out a friend or two, tell them about the Brian and Janelle podcast, and ask them to give us a shot. That's one of the ways to help us spread the word and help us stand out in the middle of a really crowded podcast space. We'd be so grateful. Thanks a lot. Let's get back to the show. Nancy, before we went off for the break, I was going to say, well, you know, like meekness. I could see myself pursuing meekness, but can you be a man? Like, can my husband say, I'm the man of this house, I'm the leader, and I'm meek? It just sounds so <laughs> feminine. <laughs> well, it, Jesus is, describes himself as meek. Yeah. He is meek and lowly in heart. And so he has, your husband has a beautiful model to follow there. Yeah. yeah. But meekness is really, I define it as giving up the right to be right. Wow. I'm, often it's described as power and check, but I think that, that when I hear people, People describe it that way. It's like you want to slug somebody and you choose not to slug them, but that's not really accurate. When Jesus says he was meek and lowly in heart, think of all the times that he could have retaliated. He could have powered up. He could have, and he quietly walked through this world, giving up his right to be right, to enforce his rights on us. Yeah. And I think that that's a better definition of meekness. When you shared the definition, power under control, I've heard that same definition for humility. How are they related, humility and meekness? Humility is an attitude of the heart, which is, and meekness goes more to an action. So if someone cuts me off on the expressway, I can feel anger rising up to say, oh, that shouldn't happen and wanting to retaliate. Meekness goes to, I can let go of that. I can respond in a gentleness, I can respond in not retaliating and, and doing anything, and I can take a deep breath and say, maybe they're having a bad day. I don't have to get worked up on this. When people are driving slowly, Brian, you know, you drive behind yeah. them and yeah. say, okay. you know what, it's okay. P perhaps you can help with this, Nancy. <laughs> if I ever get stuck behind Janelle driving to the station, she drives under the speed limit. <laughs> can, I, can I be angry about that? No, Brian, you cannot be angry about that because but, you're going to seek to understand and you understand Janelle and... and but, but Nancy, Nancy, below the speed limit. <laughs> wow, Brian, you don't listen. Even you would get angry yeah. by that. <laughs> well, just think about the lives she's saving by not going over the speed limit. Thank you. Amen. Couldn't sister. we go the speed limit? No, no. So you've, you, you've brought up, even in the program, Nancy, practices that can help you grow in a virtue. For example, mm -hmm. silence with humility, etc. So with meekness, what would be one that you would say, kind of do this to keep your anger in check and pursue meekness instead? Well, meekness is more of a, a virtue in action. So okay. say I'm at the checkout line for 15 items or less, and then I'm in a hurry, and I'm glad there's 15 items or less lane because I can get out of the store quickly. And then I'm standing in line, and I see that the person in front of me has 20 items. Oh, and I'm watching those items 
you know, one by one by one. Can't they count? <laughs> and I feel anger rising up. Yeah. And I would say just anger because it's like, well, who's not following the rules here? I have 12 items. This person has 20. You see where we're going. I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah. a really common one. The virtue of weakness comes in where I give up my rights to be right. I say, okay, Lord, I'm angry. I want to say something. I want to do something because it's just not right that this person is taking advantage of this opportunity. And what we know now, the whole counting to 10 is very active and a necessary avenue to, to calm everything down. I take a deep breath. I count to 10. I pray and I say, Lord, teach me the virtue of meekness. Okay, I'm going to give my right to be right. Wow. And who knows what's going on with this woman or this man? Who knows what's happening for them? Maybe she, they didn't even see it. Okay, I'm letting it go. But, I mean, work with me here, Nancy. So, <laughs> Romans 13, <laughs> government authority, you got to honor authority. The authority said 20 items or 10 items or less or whatever, 15 or less. This person's not doing that. God loves justice. I'm, I'm defending the oppressed. And the oppressed are me. Okay. That was biblical. <laughs> well, and I think that that's where a lot of people can easily get tempted to default. But where is it coming from? It's coming from, I'm going to rise up for my rights. Jesus is the one who defends us. He will make all things right. And so it's not my work nine times out of ten to, to rise up and let's take this to the, the you know absurd extreme of telling the cashier, could someone tell that woman that she should never do that again? Could you put a larger sign up there so that people like me can get through this line um, faster? What am I defending against? I'm defending against my rights, my ego, my need for comfort, and not really going towards a greater perspective of what's mercy, what's compassion look like, what's seeking to understand. And once I go down that route, more times out of not, I'm not going to feel any need to rise up with my just anger to make something the way it's supposed to be. All very good points. I was just asking for Janelle. She didn't want to okay, ask. Of right. course. <laughs> yes. So uh, we're almost out of time again. Nancy Kane is the program director for the Caritas Center for Christian Formation. You can study with her and her husband, Ray, in their program for two years to learn how to get closer to Christ through exploring things like this. Nancy, how can folks get signed up for your next session? They can go to our website, thecaritascenter.com, and there's information on, well, apply now, but there's also information on the program, and then they can also contact me if they have questions or would like to take a call to talk more about the program. Again, the Caritas Center for Christian Formation, we highly recommend it. And now you have a whole session to deal with Janelle's anger. So. Yeah, for real. <laughs> right. I, need, I need help. My kids would be like, amen, mommy. <laughs> Keep going, Mom. Keep going. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for putting up with us and for your uh, for your wonderful uh, thoughts and, and teachings here to help us all grow closer to Jesus. Wow, it's a delight, and it's so much fun. Wow, Janelle. Yeah, I got problems. No, honestly, I got problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard one. Isn't I guess it? I want to go to people and be... It's like when people do the yeah. self-checkout, they got a full cart. I want to walk up to them and go, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But meekness says I shouldn't do that. I should be like, this is good that you're here. And when she yeah. said giving up the right to be right, doesn't that sound like a national condition? Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. 
Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or again at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week, Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.